Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Hello, everyone. This is the Life Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Jan Jaffe, and I'm your host. Today we're discussing how to avoid holiday expectations that lead to depression and holiday hangover, and instead develop methods to create a New Year mentality for change any and every day. I'm delighted to be joined by my brilliant team, Sharissa Sebastian, and guest host, Lisa Kaplan. Today's show is entitled, How to Create a New Year Mentality Any and Every Day. Welcome to Think Tank. Have you ever entered the holiday season full of joyful expectation and plans, looking forward to all of the parties, the shopping, the family meals, the cooking, the holiday lights and shows and music and gifts and memories, and found yourself by early January dragging forward with damaged self-esteem as those New Year's resolutions become more and more an impossible dream with a battered bank account and a scale that seems to mock you every morning when you step on it. Our conversation today focuses on how to avoid this self-flagellation and holiday hangover and instead create a New Year mentality any and every day. Sharissa Sebastian, please tell our listening audience a little about yourself. Sure. Thanks, Jen. I'm a certified career success coach for ambitious women, a speaker, author, and a writer for the Huffington Post and Forbes, as well as a radio show host like Jen and the co-owner of Stop, Smile, Breathe Women's Retreats. And if you'd like to find out more about what I do, you can go to my website at sharissasebastian.com. Thanks, Jen. Thank you, uh, Sharissa. And now, Lisa Kaplan, please introduce yourself. Uh, I'm a psychologist and a life coach at Smart Women Inspired Lives. I help women get empowered in all areas of their life, get confident, uh, figure out what they want to do and exactly how to do it. Uh, You can find me at www.smartwomeninspiredlives.com, and I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm just really, really excited to have you here joining us today. Thank you so much, Lisa. And now I would love to introduce, or really, before I do that, I would love to invite our audience to uh, join us today uh, by uh, asking you uh, to call in with any comments or, uh, or questions 
anything that you'd like to join uh, join us with uh, in the conversation today. The number here today is 646-716-9397. We love your calls and comments and questions. So again, the number here is 646-716-9397. In our previous episode of Think Tank, in which we discussed how to banish holiday stress, we pointed out that it's a fact that most of us have certain expectations when it comes to the holiday season. And what that is, is an idealized image in our mind of what the holiday should be based on things such as those wonderful movies we grew up with, media hype, and images of perfection. We all want that perfection, don't we? We end up with incredibly high expectations and lots of excitements around all of that wonderful, warm, you know, those the wonderful, warm family gatherings and memories we'll be creating, and those that we also must match from past holidays, whether remembered or in tales we've been told. The result is that we have impossibly high and somewhat false expectations, almost certainly setting ourselves up for disappointment. There are holiday parties, shopping, budget destruction resulting in a, a carb coma, possible family battles, weight gain, alcohol overconsumption, you know, etc., all kinds of things. And also there are often other situations out of our control, such as missing family members or loved ones, whether due to death, distance, toxic relationships, or breakups. And by the way, breakups are another odd but not uncommon tragedy of the holiday season. And, you know, another thing is that Sometimes there are memories of or things that are going on right now that we may have family members or loved ones or friends who are dying during this period or are very ill or have we've lost them during this period, during the holiday period. And so for many people, the holiday season is a very painful period. And it every year when it comes around, this period is a sad period for them. So it's another time to remember that not for everyone is this a happy time of the year. So for those periods, for, for those people, this holiday season may in itself uh, present them with expectations that, that are very ha- difficult for them to kind of live up to. So how does all of this false holiday expectation lead to resulting letdown and depression? Sharissa, would you like to start with this? Sure, Jen. And there's so much, like you said, there's so much that goes into the holiday season. There's so many different facets, both things that are expected that we know are coming, and then there's also those things that are completely um, unexpected, like you know a, lo- a loss of a loved one or some other circumstance that may completely derail us. Uh, and I think so much of that is, like you were mentioning, about the expectation, especially those things that we know seem to happen, you know, every holiday season, or um, that we can some, you know, we, in some way we can emotionally prepare ourselves. So I think with those expectations, because a lot of times people go into the holiday, um, you know, in this mode of, oh, yeah, it's the holidays, and, you know, it's, it's great, and kind of get swept up into holiday mode without being intentional about what's to come. And uh, even though a lot of times it's, 
you know, it's not, there's a lot of things that are expected from one holiday season to the other. So we know that there's going to be maybe a financial strain when it comes to gift giving, or we know that we're going to be spending holidays with certain family members or whatever that is. And so to not taking the time to, um, you know, as best as possible, kind of emotionally and just be thoughtful of it ahead of time um, to start to think, okay, so I know this is coming. How can I make this the best possible outcome for me and for everyone involved? So I think part of it is that. But then, of course, there are other things that we just um, we really can't prepare for at all. It's just a matter of how do we navigate, you know, those um, those stressful times. And what do we, where is our go-to in terms of, like, how do we uh, manage our stress when things don't necessarily go our way or when life throws us a curveball or whatever it is. So that's kind of an ongoing um, process. But I think a lot of it has to do for not planning for those expectations, especially the things that we know are going to come up around the season. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the curveballs. <laughs> The curveballs that that come into play, in addition to all of the you know the gift giving, the, the let's let's make it is the kind of the the kind of holidays that that we that we see and that we expect, and the 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 romantic ideas that we have in our mind or that we see in the movies, or that that maybe that used to be possible either when in the fifties or the sixties, or maybe that our parents told us about earlier on. Um, and also, you know, just people thinking right now about how am I going to be able to afford my health insurance when I'm also spending all of this money on gifts and things like that. Lisa, I'd love to hear what you have to, if you have anything to add to, um, you know, to, to these these expectations that, um, the, or the false ex- expectations that uh, we have about the, around the holiday season and no, how it leads to I, letdown and depression. Uh-huh. I really see the holidays as um, that really expensive sweater you buy because you think that sweater is going to make you happy or those pair of shoes or, you know, some other external object that you think is going to make you happy. And, of course, it makes you happy for a very short time and then it doesn't really make you happy. And I see (laughs) holidays as a version of that, an external version of, you know, oh, we're going to have parties and we're going to get dressed up and we're going to be with family and it's all outside of us, and so we walk into the holidays really expecting these external people and situations to make us happy when the truth is the sweater, the expensive sweater doesn't make us happy, um, or the shoes, and neither do the holidays necessarily. It's if, we're, if we're going into all those situations internally happy and internally in control of how we think about the situation, how we feel about it, then we can find the happiness in it, regardless of, you know, because most of it won't go right, um, but we'll have already walked into it from a place of a high energy and happiness versus thinking that this is going to solve my problems. This holiday is going to solve my problems. It's going to make me happy. And usually it's anything but. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> that is so true. Uh, absolutely true. And I'm just looking... Well, you said that I, I laughed because I'm just looking at something I purchased. Um, <laughs> to, <laughs> and I thought, and I, I thought I, kind of the same thing. Oh, this is not that this is going to make me happy, but I thought I, I, I should be, you know, that, there that I should, I should, I should be getting this thing. I don't have a tree, and yet it's so festive and it's so beautiful. And this is going, this I should do this because it's going to make my my apartment look festive. It's the holidays. And um, 
it was expensive. All these little <laughs> things that you get. I'm looking at them and and making doing something with my hand. And of course, nobody can see this. It's a very attractive, but why? You know why? <laughs> it's <laughs> and and I'm thinking I must have spent in total. I, I've wasted some money, and I'm going to think in January or February. Why? You know, and again, you know, it's that, it's that, it's to make me happy, I guess, or there's that, that expectation around the holidays that this, there's this happiness hole, like you have to dress up for New Year's Eve or something that there's this requirement, this special magic day, this special magic time when, when Santa is going to come down the chimney or, or I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of a Jewish equivalent. Um, <laughs> the, the Maccabees are going to reemerge. <laughs> right, right. And it, <laughs> but you know the same sort of thing. I grew up, and we made um, we made because I grew up in a non relatively non Jewish neighborhood, and we were Jewish. And I always felt my mother would not allow anything. My parents would not allow us to put anything. Christian in the house because she felt it was it was uh, hypocritical, and um, she would proudly put a lit menorah in the window. All the other neighbors had their Christmas decorations. She put a lit menorah in the window, and everybody else had their trees in their houses. And I felt very sad on Christmas. So she would um, every Christmas Eve she would put up a chalent, and you may know what that is, um, uh, Lisa. I'm not sure if you know, but it's this 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 thing that would cook for 24 hours. Right, right. And, right? And the house, so to me, Christmas Eve was about Cholent. And yeah. it was our tradition. And my father would wake me up in the middle of the night and I would, when I was a toddler. I had a sister, an older sister, but it was just my father and me. For years I thought nobody knew. You know, I was, I was like three years old. I would, he would take me by the hand and take me down in the middle of the night because you had to add water. Somebody had to add water, so he'd wake me up in the night. It was our little tradition. Of course, my mother knew. Oh. He would wake me up, and we'd tiptoe down the stairs, me in my little footed pajamas. The stairs seemed so big to me because I was that little. And he'd put he'd put on the light in the kitchen. I'd be sitting. My feet would be dangling in the chair. That's how little I was. And then he would split a potato, and we'd eat this. This was Christmas Eve to me, so this was That's very, so very special. It is. Yeah, so that was an expectation that you know was that was lovely and when I came home from college I remember <laughs> all of a sudden my father woke me up in the middle of the night. <laughs> it was more like four in the morning, you know. But he woke oh me up. God. It was so sweet. And we went downstairs and added water and you know, there was that smell that wonderful smell in the house. This if you've ever eaten it Lisa, I don't know. That stuff weighs in your stomach like a lit, like lead. <laughs> Talk about a, a discussion with the scale. It's after eating that, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, but that is to to me that was that was lovely, and not having that makes me you know makes me sad. Um, but mm-hmm. it was that was lovely, and it was one of those holiday expectations where it was all you had to do was have enough a big enough oven and to you could put in one of those big pots and then you know but it was it that that was really lovely so um that was a nice memory but but um 
you know, those other kinds of expectations where, you know, you find yourself, like like I did, having to get this thing because I don't have a tree here or anything like that. But you just kind of feel like you have to do something and you have to make it special and you have to spend money. And um, mm-hmm. those kinds of things, if it's not uh, – it, it or you have to go and get a fancy dress for New Year's Eve. And sometimes those, you know, th- there's this – feeling that those magic days, as you had said, Lisa, are going to fix things in your life. Right. They're, they're going to be those that, that sort of magic pill, that magic answer. And um, if it doesn't come from, if you don't have that thing from within, it's just this something, it's just something that's going to leave you feeling cold, like there's something wrong with you, that this didn't do it. Other, uh, instead of Oh, I'm I'm celebrating life anyway, and isn't this great to you know um, to put on something f- fun and go out and have a good time? Right. It also denies so, the opportunity of when things go wrong, finding the humor in what the things that go wrong, or finding the you know the silver lining or whatever you want to call it. Because if mm-hmm. you have it set up to be so perfect, and then of course it rarely ever goes that way. You're doomed to be <laughs> Mhm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things I think that <laughs> helps us learn, and again, Lisa, I know that you have experience with this. Uh, one of the one of the wonderful gifts in life that helps us learn um, how to find the silver lining when things go wrong is when we have a pet, because so often. Yes. Things can go wrong. They can teach us that. Either they chew up something that's really favorite of ours or they'll knock over a Christmas tree or, you know, and um, I know that um, Sharissa has a beautiful little girl. And sometimes, you know, things don't go according to plan when you have a child or you have any little one. They It goes according to them. And there are, you know, then you see the, the, how wonderful things can go when they don't go according to plan. And if you can find, like you said, the silver lining or the gift in that, then right. you're getting so often a much bigger gift in life. Yes, yes. That's so true. And I think part of that also, Jen, is releasing those expectations to a point and just saying, you know, it is going to be what it's going to be. I'm going to make the most of it, again, with the silver lining um, as well, but not setting that high bar of, yeah, everything has to go as planned. I've got to check all of these things and everything has to be absolutely perfect. I have to have the perfect outfit, but kind of letting that go um, to some extent and just focusing on being really present in the moment because those, you know, those, those uh, moments are so fleeting. I mean, we only get one, you know, one Christmas or uh, whatever it is that you're celebrating or the holiday season in this particular year. You know, we're never going to get to celebrate this particular time with these particular people and everything the way it's going to end up. So just being mindful of that, present of that, and then making the most of that situation no matter what and maybe letting go of some of those high expectations that we sometimes set for ourselves as much as it can be so difficult because we really want things to go really well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, now that we have a clearer understanding of how these expectations can lead to a form of emotional holiday hangover, I just love that, holiday hangover, um, you know, so we, you know, knowing this is grand, but knowing how to avoid this trap is even is grander still, right? So how might we go about planning for 
and enjoying our holidays while avoiding holiday disappointments, um, the resulting holiday depression, and this holiday hangover. Who wants to take this? Go ahead, Teresa. Go ahead. Thank you. One of the things that just um, just came up is that, and this is something that uh, that you had mentioned as well, Lisa, is just being, um, you know, being mindful of how you're going into the holiday season. So, you know, what's going on with you emotionally and really working on creating your own sense of happiness outside of any events or anything that may or may not happen um, according to your expectations for the holiday season. I think that's so important. But also just, and that's part of focusing on what you can control. You know, you you only have control over so much um, in your own space. You have control over your thoughts um, and your actions and things like that. And there's so much outside um, of what we can control. And sometimes those are the things that drive us absolutely insane because we have these expectations that people need to behave in this way or this needs to work out exactly. Um, you know, perfectly according to what we have in mind, but there's so little of that that we actually have uh, control of. So it's this kind of mindset of, okay, I'm going to focus on what I can control and do the best that I can do and just set things up the best I know how, and then at some point I have got to be able to step away and then just release that expectation, knowing that things are going to play out and it's going to happen as it's going to happen, and there's very little that I can do to change things um, outside of uh, what I already know I can do. So just focusing on what you can do and then just kind of letting go um, of the rest. And I know that's so difficult. <laughs> it's so difficult, especially <laughs> when you're talking about, like, big family gatherings and when other people are depending on you and, and that kind of stuff. It's not an easy um, thing to do. But just doing, you know, just focusing on being present, being in the moment, and making those memories is, um, you know, it's just so, so valuable just to focus on being present with uh, with everyone. Um, and then, yeah, it's like I think Lisa mentioned this as well, like how can you make the holidays, great regardless of what others say or do so kind of going in with that kind of mindset or asking yourself those types of questions um so that you're not you don't get kind of triggered by things that that may not go your way and maybe somebody says something maybe things don't work out as planned or maybe even something tragic happens you know how do you keep yourself in a mindset of no matter what happens everything's going to be okay and i'm going to be okay through it all and i'm going to try to make the best of that situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other part of this, and we spoke about this a little bit before, is um, being intentional. So you know that certain things are going to come up around the holiday season. So um, again, going back to what you can control. So you know that maybe you know, you're going to be giving gifts or you need to um, be mindful of your spending. So planning ahead of time for those kinds of things, it just makes it so much less stressful going into the holiday season. Um, and also just thinking through, um, you know, if things don't go uh, your way. So, for example, if you are planning um, a party or something, whatever it is um, that you're anticipating and you're, you know, you're, you're putting a lot of time and effort into something like that, to think through, you know, okay, so if, if this doesn't exactly go as planned, um, what, what are some of the alternatives? What are some other things that I can think of? Because that, that in itself, just going through that pro- process in your mind can really help to reduce stress. And I do this a lot as well. Like if there's something that is really important to me uh, and I'm, you know, I feel stressed about it or I, I'm like, okay, this has to happen or this has to go this way. Um, and so I, I start to think about, okay, so if that doesn't happen or if this happens slightly differently, how would I handle it? How am I interpreting that? What, do, you know, what would I do in that situation? That way it helps me to kind of set it aside in, uh, mentally so I'm not so fixated on if things don't go my way. Like I, I figured it out ahead of time. And, it, you know, the chances of things, like everything going horribly wrong is so small anyway. <laughs> but it just helps when you, when you think about it like that so that you can 
kind of put it to the side a little bit and say, okay, you know, I, I've got some kind of plan, <laughs> and, and now I can focus on, on just being in the moment and, and enjoying what's to come. Absolutely. That's great. Such great, great, great suggestions. Um, I, I just, well, I, I'm not even going to go into them because I want to give, to, I want to give uh, Lisa lots of time because I'm sure you have a lot of great suggestions as well. Well, to add on to that, I do something similar and I say, you know, what's, let's say this, what's the worst that can happen if, you know, I burn the dinner or, you know, the dog do something up. I always go to what's the worst thing that can happen, and I and then I say when I figure out what that is, then I say to myself, well, can I live with that? And yeah, I really can. You know, if if the presents aren't right or the dinner's not right or you know one family member or another misbehaves, which is without question going to happen, I say, <laughs> okay, live with that. You know, um, and and we do, and so that that it ties really onto that. The other thing, though, that I say, work with my clients a lot is I say, what about your thoughts um, regarding the holidays? You know, what, it, what about that situation makes you happy? And they'll say, well, you know, it's the, the feeling I get when everyone is together. And then I say, okay, so how else can you get that feeling? What are some other ways that you can have that feeling? So they're not so dependent on what everybody else is doing and who's showing up and who's behaving well and all those things. Um, and so they start to take ownership for their own happiness, regardless of the chaos around them. And, you know, the drunk Uncle Steve and the, you know, the Aunt Susie who's talking about politics and pissing everybody off, then then they don't have to be upset because they're responsible for their own happiness, not for the behavior um, or scenario of what everyone else is doing. And I find that that really helps them, that they, a lot of them say, you know, I'm, I'm centering myself in the middle of, you know, Christmas dinner to say, okay, what do I need <laughs> to do for right now to make myself happy, <laughs> you know, and and really owning it for themselves, you know. And sometimes their answers are like, well, drink a little more wine or, you know, have some chocolate. <laughs> um, <laughs> and if that's what you need, being really conscious about what you need to make yourself happy and it's not that sweater, you know, that we were talking about earlier. It's not that mm-hmm. material object. It's not really the holidays. And, you know, also when we think about what are the holidays really, depending on your religion, there is a, there should be, I'm assuming, a spiritual and or religious component. So can anyone ever take that away from you? They They shouldn't be able to, right? Because your faith and your spirituality are your own, regardless of, what everybody else is doing, and regardless of presents and meals and all those other things. Absolutely. I love both of you mentioned um, basically not taking things personally, a, a form of detachment in a sense, in in being responsible for your own happiness. And, um, and also one thing that Charissa mentioned was about releasing control. I think that if things don't go well, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I'm fortunate in that I have had that scenario in my life, the very worst that could happen after my, my brain injuries when I basically couldn't walk or talk. And, and after that sort of thing, and I've also, I also had a situation years ago where I was, um, I was <laughs> at death's doorstep um, when I was in car- coronary intensive care, and I almost died. And so when you have, I have a very unique insight 
in that I know what it's like. Um, and there's you know, any, anything after that now, I, it's kind of gravy. And so right. it gives me a sense of, you know, and you, you, both of you were also talking about having a kind of a comic view of things rather than this drama. And I do, uh, it, it often I'm able to access into that. I'm also able to access, and I think this is what the both of you were also talking about, was, you know, releasing control and releasing that, contr- that, that desire for absolute perfection because it can make you crazy and it sets those, those expectations up. But, you know, yeah, what if you burn the dinner? What if your dog <laughs> eats the roast? Um, um, what if, what if, you know, um, what if your uncle gets drunk and, and uh, you know, just insults everybody? You can, you can detach and watch it. Um, you're, not, you're not really responsible for him in that. Yes, you are. You invited him and he's your uncle. He's your blood relative. But at the same time, um, there is, it's, it's, you can forgive, you know, there's a forgiveness aspect in there. You can also, you know, you can also ex- escort him <laughs> out. There's things you can do, but it's not, right. you're not necessarily responsible for um, for his behavior. You're only responsible for your own happiness. And that sense of, you know, when you when you can can actually surrender to to vulnerability it actually makes you stronger in your own authenticity when you can be yourself um you can actually and and look at things with a sense of of comedy as you both were saying you can release control and have more fun and just go with the flow and i think that's what we were we've all been talking about you know um and just being present to what's going on enjoying things and instead of looking for that perfection um, and just being there and saying, okay, this is, is what's happening. I'm here. Let, let me see, you know, let me be here with the people I love. Or, and if things go wrong, how, you know, this is part of life. Things go wrong. Life is messy. Let's let's make the best of it, you know. If if um, if if the if the if the roast burns, let's make spaghetti then. So we'll have we'll have a spaghetti Christmas or something, or a spaghetti Hanukkah or something, you know. And it's you know it's not everybody's getting together to enjoy each other. They didn't come over just to have a gourmet meal. If they did, then everybody would be going to a restaurant. <laughs> For sure. Right. Cooking. So, so anyway, I I want to invite invite uh, our listeners in again to call. The number here is six four six seven one six nine three nine seven. We would really love to hear from you. You know, here on the Life Coach Radio Networks, we're proud to have as our sponsor Audible.com. Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet, offering customers a new way to enhance and enrich their lives every day. Audible is the preeminent provider of spoken word audio products that include more than 100,000 audio programs from more than 1,800 content providers. Receive a free audiobook with your 30-day trial when you sign up with Audible today at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's Audible 
com slash Life Coach Radio. Now, here are a couple of audio audible books related to today's topic. Mind Sight, The New Science of Personal Transformation, written and narrated by Daniel J. Siegel. Resolutions in the New Year or Any Time, How to Make a Plan for Transformation by P. Seymour, S-E-Y-M-O-U-R. So don't forget to sign up for a one-month free trial to get your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. Audible, stories that surround you. And now, back to our show. So research has shown that the majority of people create New Year's resolution lists every year and often have the exact same items on their lists from year to year. Now, why is that? Once again, research has shown that while most people have a fervent desire to make a change and begin anew, they are not able to sustain change and fall back often quickly into familiar patterns, if, even if uncomfortable. And the result is not only failure to achieve what is on the list, but also a kind of self-flagellation, self-blame, and a loss of self-esteem. So why do these resolution lists fail to deliver the results desired. New Year's resolution lists generally indicate an action and never take into account the mindset from which an action must first have its genesis. With the right mindset, a change in consciousness, a mindset first of being rather than doing, an action can then begin to take hold and become sustainable. In this manner, one needn't wait for the new year to do this. So how can one begin to make this change in their mindset? Lisa, would you like to take this? Um, I'd love to. Um, I think the, the best way to change your mindset is to first be really clear about what your mindset is. So really asking yourself, what am I saying to myself about this Let's say your New Year's resolution is to lose weight. Um, what are you saying to yourself about it if you're saying, well, I'm fat, I can't stand myself, I don't like to look in the mirror? Really, how how likely is it that you're going to do well from a mindset that's beating yourself up? It's it's pretty unlikely. So we want to get real clarity on what we're saying, and then we have to to learn how to essentially retrain our brain and say something different. Um, so changing our mindset into um, one of, well, why, why else do I want to change? Well, maybe I feel better. Maybe I have more energy. Um, and if we don't have those pieces in place, then, again, it's like buying that expensive sweater. It's just going to be a superficial change versus a change of really um, in a deeply internal change and changing what we're saying to ourselves, how we're saying it, and how um, regularly we're saying it. Because there's some really interesting studies that a true mindset shift has to be repeated again and again and again to really train, change the way our brain functions in order to see it differently. Mm. Okay. That's really fascinating. So how we speak to ourselves, first of all, and we have to say it to ourselves over and over. Over and over, because we're really regrooving a path in our brain. Um, <clears throat> if our brain is always saying, I'm fat and ugly, I need to lose weight, and that's what we keep, we're trying to move from that space, 
that's a really negative space that's, you know, there's not a lot of good energy behind that. Um, what mm-hmm. if I into to, I really want to be a healthy person, um, you know, I, I'm worthy of taking care of myself. That's a completely different message. Um, mm. And then believing that and doing the work that needs to be done to to believe that. Absolutely. Okay, so Sharissa, um, how about you? How can one begin to make this change in their mindset, to begin to make this change in their mindset? Well, Jen, I think what you said about like going from focusing on who do you want to be versus just checking off things off the list is, is so important. And I love the way you phrase that and taking the focus more from um, just the – you know, the, what you want to accomplish, so just the list to that mindset. And how do you really take a step back from that and really set yourself up in terms of your mindset for that success before you even start doing um, anything? And then like Lisa mentioned about the, you know, the self-defeating chatter and those messages and the self-talk and all of those things that go on in our minds and working from that point so that by the time you get into the new year, you're already mentally setting yourself up for success and the chances of you achieving what you want to are just so much so much higher. Um, and then there's three, three kind of specific things that I wanted to um, share as well. And this is also going back to what you were talking about, um, about coming from a place of being rather than doing. So asking yourself, what, you know, instead of saying um, what are the, my newest resolutions for next year, um, start asking what do I want to be next year? You know, what do I want to feel? Or what values am I going to prioritize and uphold to have an enjoyable year? Because a lot of times when we make decisions or make those lists that are not aligned with our values or we put things on our uh, newest resolutions that are not really in line with who we, who we are, um, it's a lot more difficult to actually achieve it. And then, of course, the second thing, which you both spoke about, is the reason. You know, what is the reason, whether it's a weight loss goal or whatever the goal is um, for you going into next year? What is that big compelling reason that if you do get off track for any reason, um, that that reason is going to pull you back in? So it may not, you know, it may not just be that number. Oh, I want to lose the, the 20 pounds, but what's the reason behind that? What type, what person are you going to be, or um, you know, what? Why is that so important? Are you doing it for yourself to feel better? Are you doing it because you want to set an example for your kids, or you know, what is that big compelling reason that if you do get off track? You can remember that, and that's going to, you know, really um, pull you back into doing that thing that is so uh, important. Um, and then also just going through that list. So if you have a, a list, and definitely not, you know, don't make it too long. I've definitely been very guilty of this. <laughs> All of these great, you know, plans. Like I've got a list of ten or more things, and it's like, oh, okay, that's. First of all, that's setting yourself up for overwhelm right off the bat because <laughs> it's like, and then you get into this mindset of, oh, at least I did, uh, when it's like, oh, I've got the whole year to do that. So, you know, there's plenty of time. And then before you know it, the year's up and it's like, what have I done? Uh, but then really aligning that, though, with those top priorities. So the, the top, say, three, maybe five things that are really, really important to you. And then, again, going back to that reason, does it align with my values and what is the big reason, the motivating factor? Uh, and then the last thing is that is asking yourself, is it, and this is something that I learned from, uh, from Tony Robbins, is that when you put something on your list, when you have an intention to do something, it absolutely must be a must for it to get done rather than a should. 
So if it's ah. just, if you look at the list and you question like every single thing on that list and you say, okay, is this an absolute must? In other words, is it non-negotiable for me to get this done next year? And if so, why is that so important? Or if you look at, you know, other things on your list that maybe should, it's like, oh, I think I should lose weight or I think I should do better with my diet uh, this year, whatever it is. If it's just a should, it's like, oh, it's a nice to, it will be a nice thing to do next year. Mm-hmm. Um, then chances are you're not probably going to, to get there. And then also to have a really clear idea idea of what is it that's going to what does success mean to you so that's uh, going back again to weight loss you know what is what is going to make you feel successful and it's all about you know the journey and celebrating along those little wins along the way but what does success mean to you because just saying i need to lose a certain uh, amount of weight or whatever it is might not fully define what that level of success is for you. It might not just be the number. It, it might be something much more. Um, you know, you feeling successful may, uh, in, may be a lot more than just seeing that number on the scale. So just kind of going through those steps and really thinking about, and again, all of this is lining up with what's really truly important to you, not just things that you feel like you should do or things that are not even aligned with what, what is truly, you know, of value to you or is important to you. Wow. So this, I, I have to say, this is, this is why I love the, doing this show, and this is why I love working with these ladies, because I learn so much. I can just sit here and listen and learn so much. This, this was an amazing list, and I'm not going to repeat it, because um, I hope you all took notes like I just did. Um, this was, I just learned so much from the two of you. This was an amazing list of things, of 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 how to make that change um, in your mindset because we're, we're going to go on with how to continue to make this change. So what I, what I want to ask next is how can one then translate this, act, this into action from being into doing, from a mindset change now that we have discussed how to create this mind, begin to create this mindset change and how we're going to now uh, move from this having made a mindset change um, now how are, we, how are we going to go from creating a mindset change creating now getting it into an actionable step a change in habit because we, we are creatures of habit so everything that we do um, when we say we're, we live in a comfort zone, even if it's we're doing we're in a life that makes us uncomfortable, we're still in a place of comfort because we're living in habit. And changing habit creates discomfort, even if it's a change that is a positive change for us, something that we want to do. Creating change creates discomfort because we're changing habits. So the first step is creating that mindset change so that we're able to then begin to create that actionable step, which is the change of in habit. So how, then, how can we then um, translate this into action from being into doing? Who would like to take that? Sharissa, would you like to start with that? I know you just went through so much uh, in that in in your description of creating the mindset change. Would you like to go first with this? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the first things that really helps me is to really get clarity on what is it very very specifically. And I know you know smart goals is uh, is so 
I don't know, it's it's just thrown around so much, and people are like, oh, yeah, you know, i got to create my smart goals. But really just being specific, <laughs> I think that just that part of it is um, is so critical, like really saying, okay, so how do I know if I've actually achieved this goal? What exactly um, does that mean? So, and then working backwards, like almost reverse engineering it from there and saying, okay, what do I need to do to line me up? And part of that is a timeline, you know, everything that goes into that whole smart goal thing. But um, there's so much more than just a smart goal uh, for you to really, uh, really get your New Year's resolutions done. But that is a big part of it, to make sure that you have a time frame in mind. You know exactly what it's going to take to get there. And then you're lining yourself from there. You're lining yourself up for success. And I can tell you one of the things that has worked so well for me uh, this year, and it's something that's so simple. But once you have that, the clarity on, um, you know, what exactly you you want to achieve, and why you want to achieve it, and then what it's going to take to get there, um, it's having the right support, creating the environment, creating that support around you to be able to set you up for success, and getting rid of those things that are going to hold you back from reaching that goal in the time frame and in the way that you that you need to do it. Um, and one of the things that, for me, that's worked well is having somebody holding me accountable. Because it is, so, like you mm. said, it is so challenging. It can be so challenging to change habits. Uh, and sometimes, you know, your, uh, your resolutions are going to require you to completely change some of your habits and to, to do things differently going into the new year. And so for me, having somebody to hold me accountable, like, a, you know, a coach or an accountability buddy, um, in fact, I, I think I've been probably more productive just in uh, the last year than I almost have ever been, <laughs> simply because I knew. And it, it's something so simple. We don't even get on the call, but I have an accountability buddy, and all we do is send each other an email every week and say, hey, this is what I have on my list for, for this week. And then when we do these lists, it's like, okay, we prioritize, and we don't let the list get out of control. So it's like maybe three to five things um, of really what we want to focus on that's important for that particular week. Um, and so I know when it comes towards the end of the week, I'm going to have to let her know what I achieved and what I didn't. <laughs> and so for me, a big incentive because and there's a couple, there have been a couple of times where it's the same thing on the list for three, four weeks. <laughs> okay, this is ridiculous. Like it has to get done. But that really helps me just to level off accountability and knowing that that is now a new habit that I've created to help me in, in so many different areas. And that has, um, like I said, I mean, my productivity was, is really high um, as a result of that. And then it also gives us an opportunity to review because I think that's a part that's also so important to be able to look back and say, okay, what can I learn? Because not everything's going to go exactly as planned, of course. Um, but being able to look at it through a different lens, through the lens of what can I learn from this? How can I improve? Versus beating ourselves up and really, um, you know, losing so much of our energy on regret and replay uh, versus focusing on, okay, what can I learn from that? What was the opportunity there? And how can I then improve to still keep me on track towards my goal? Mm-hmm. Very, very, very important. So so when, you know, I love what you said, the accountability buddy or the accountability partner and first getting clarity on what what and why and and you're doing something, what it takes, getting support, getting rid of what holds you back, but the accountability, adding the accountability partner to it. But um, now I just totally forgot what I was going to say. The last thing that you said, I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Um, let's see, I was talking about accountability. Oh, and then also not uh, not spending so much of your energy um, oh, right. and, re- and replay from things that don't always go your right. way, but rather looking at things through the lens of opportunity, what can I learn from that, how can I get better so right. that I can still that goal. Right, the lessons that you can learn from, from, well, failure is sometimes one of the greatest lessons. 
Um, right, right. Learning, learning from what we think sometimes is failure, but sometimes it's meant to actually be a, a great lesson because if everything's constantly going according to plan, you don't learn, you don't grow. So um, learning from failure. Lisa, Lisa, you have been so, so patient. I'm sure you have so much to add to this. <laughs> so, um, you know, what can, how can one then translate into, you know, translate this, this, the mindset change into action, an actionable step, a change in habit? So um, the accountability piece is, is absolutely, I think, a, a huge part of it. But the other piece that I have my clients do is I have them pick out one small chunk of their bigger goal. So let's say, let's go back to weight loss. Um, and so maybe it's to um, eat something different every day for breakfast, you know, pick a new breakfast. Then what I have them do is is have set up some type of a behavioral reminder, a visual or a, um, an auditory reminder of that, that change that they're going to make every day because we're talking about making a new habit. So maybe mm-hmm. they put a sticker up on their refrigerator, or maybe they have something, um, a notification show up on their digital can, uh, calendar, or um, you know, um, a ringtone or something that reminds them. But but there's a some type of reminder every single day that they're going to do something different, so that they mm. start to get in the habit of doing it differently every day. Because I think for a lot of us, what happens is we say, okay, yeah, I'm going to completely make this change. And then we make it for a couple of days, and then something comes up and we forget or, you know, we decide not to for that day, and then it kind of falls out of our brain. So to make it a regular, regular change, we, we have to do it every day. It's like building a muscle. We To build a new muscle or to develop a muscle, you have to work on it almost every single day. Otherwise, it's you know, if you're trying to build a bicep muscle, you don't lift weights once and say, got it, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to keep doing it. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the thing, too. When when you were talking about this, it reminded me again, and, uh, you know, when I say you're making an actionable step, people say, I want to start going to the gym. Well, they're, you know, they don't go. When I was working with someone who just kept saying she so wanted, she looked like she went to the gym all the time, by the way, but she she said, I, I just never go. All I do is I sit around. She was young, but she she so wanted to go, and she couldn't seem to get herself to go. And I said, just get your, you know, drive yourself there. She didn't live in a city. I said, just drive yourself there. She was so intimidated by the gym. I said, just start out with driving yourself there. Drive yourself there. And try to drive yourself, you know, and, and I said, and let me know when you drive yourself there. And then, you know, the next step was drive yourself there, get go inside and just walk around. Yeah. And and then the next step was change into um, go into the locker room, change into workout clothes because she was so intimidated. She had to take it step by step. These are actionable steps and she had to do it very slowly and she eventually got comfortable and she was able to start working out but it was a very, you know, she had to take it and there was no you know, everybody's time frame is according to them because if you, I had another client who wanted to and I think I've mentioned this on another show, who wanted to practice 
voice one hour a day and piano one hour a day. And what was she doing now? Nothing. Right. And I said to her, practice each one five minutes a day um, for you know every, every five days a week, and increase uh, five minutes every month. And what happens at the end of the year? You'll be practicing. And she thought, this is crazy. You know, so for a whole month, I'm just five minutes a day. I said, well, what happens at the end of the year? What is 12 times five? Right. And she looked at me. Her eyes got big. She said, 60 minutes. I said, yeah, at the end of the year, without painlessly, you will be doing two hours a day. Of you know one hour a day of each, that's what these actionable steps are. But what what was missing? She didn't want to do the accountability step, and that's the part that that is missing sometimes when someone's not working with a coach or they think they can do it on their their own. And the the accountability step is so important, not just for the average person. But even for for coaches, for anybody, it really, really helps. It sounds like something that that maybe is not important, but it really keeps us mindful. To use that word again, it keeps us mindful of of what we intend to do. So I don't know if either of you have have anything. Please jump in. No, I completely agree with you, um, the the mindful piece. And your story about the woman in the gym of just taking a little step at a time because, and this goes back to really understanding um, why we're not accomplishing our goals. It's, you know, a lot of people say, well, I'm just lazy. Well, she wasn't just lazy. She was terrified. And mm-hmm. the awareness that she was terrified and stepping into her fears one little piece at a time, it's brilliant. And she had so much shame around it. She thought she was lazy. She she didn't understand that she was very intimidated. She had a lot of intimid, you know, in, like you said, she was actually terrified. And we didn't go into any any you know why, but I I recognized that she was intimidated. And um, she just was filled with shame and labeled herself as lazy. She and so instead of you know, recognizing that she just stayed away and felt, you know, and just and just was beating herself up over this. And when she was able to just get there and walk around, she was so excited. It it, mm-hmm. it was so you know to her she it was she was just it really really excited her and gave her this sense of hope. And it's it's amazing what taking these little steps can do, uh, and how we can build on those. Right, which which does really also talk to um, when we're talking about New Year's resolutions and the resolution that keeps showing up year after year is really doing the work to to dig in and figure why we haven't figure out why we haven't accomplished it yet. What what is it? It's it's definitely more than laziness for most of us. There's a there's a deeper issue, and when we understand what that issue is, it's much easier to uh, remove it in order to move forward. Absolutely. 
And so many of the things that the two of you brought up, including uh, some of the things that Sharissa had brought up, was, um, and I think uh, one of the things that, that is so important is so many of us are not even aware of our own values, no, no less not living them, but maybe a- attempting to live so many different values and not understanding um, what it is that's important to us, what it is that, as Sharissa had mentioned, that are the things that that Tony Robbins describes as musts rather than shoulds, living according to someone else's expectations of us, getting back to expectations. And so New Year's is when we sort of look at those things and say, okay, this is what either I want to do or what I think I'm supposed to do. We don't look at the whys, and that's why those things get put on a list and then either they get tried or they don't even get tried, but it's almost a list of what we're supposed to do. And then we beat ourselves up for, oh, my God, this is where, this is a list of the things that I'm lacking in. That's kind of what this list often is about is, okay, this is, this is what, um, what's wrong with me. This is my, my New Year's list of resolutions <laughs> list of how I'm failing. <laughs> and, of how much right? I stink. and this is not what it's supposed to be basically you know it's we can change we can make changes anytime you know any we can be whoever we want to be at any time in our lives we just have to know have the right tools to do it and it's it starts with that mindset change as we discussed about um how we can begin to be rather than, you know, go from being rather right. than doing. Yeah. So, you know, I can't believe it. I'm looking at the clock, and we are, we're, we just got a couple minutes left. <laughs> so, um, I, I, unfortunately, I have to end the show, and I so want to thank my very, very talented co hosts, Sharissa Sebastian and Lisa Kaplan for their insightful participation and their, I mean, amazing, amazing information in today's show. You know, it's not necessary to wait for the new year to make changes or begin anew with a resolutions list. Change begins with consciousness. It begins from within. Attempting a change from without, an action without a mindset shift, is almost always bound for failure and the ensuing battering of self-esteem. Understanding how we view our world, our limiting beliefs, our assumptions, the way we interpret and filter the world around us, along with our own inner blocks and our brutal inner critics, can help us begin to change and actually create the atmosphere in which it truly is possible to begin to take the actions that will create new habits in our lives that will finally move us in the direction of those resolutions we write year after year on our lists but fail to achieve. And this is what creates lasting and sustainable change and thus increased self-esteem as well. I'm Jan Jaffe of Forward to Success, and it has been my privilege to have been your host today. I'd love to speak with you, so please contact me with any questions or comments at info at forwardtosuccess.com. I also want to remind our listeners that you're invited to share any comments or feedback on our website, lifecoachradionetworks.com. I also host my own solo show, In Depth with Jan Jaffe, on this 
the Life Coach Radio Networks on Wednesdays at 12 noon Eastern. Uh, I have a show coming up on January 11th at 11 noon Eastern. Uh, no, excuse me, January 11th at 12 noon Eastern, and I'd love for you to tune in if you can. Um, Sharissa, do you have any closing thoughts and comment, contact information you'd like to share? <clears throat> So one of the things, you know, I love to close with a quote, and as I was kind of going through and looking for a, a quote that would be appropriate for today, I actually came up with um, this lovely little message. It's not really a quote, but it's from an anonymous source, and it says, next time you're stressed, take a step back, inhale, and laugh. Remember who you are and why you're here. You're never given anything in this world that you can't handle. Be strong, be flexible, love yourself, and love others. Always remember, just keep moving forward. I love that. (laughs) I I do, too. Love it. Um, And then if anyone would like to get in touch with me, and in fact, if anyone is looking to maybe make a career change next year or just have a career that you love, I invite you to um, go to my website and schedule some time to chat. Um, We can do a free career path assessment session, and I would love to speak with you. And again, my website is sharissasebastian.com. So thanks so much, ladies. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and happy holidays. Thank you, Sharissa. You know, it's always such a pleasure and and a a delight and a treat having you with us on the show. I always learn so much, and happy holidays to you, too. And um, Lisa, um, I would love to to, uh, hear what you have to say uh, in closing and anything you'd like to add about how anybody can get in touch with you. Uh, they can get in touch with me at uh, smartwomeninspiredlives.com, and uh, you can visit. My email is the same, but and and also I would just say to everybody, look for the opportunities to laugh and have fun during the holidays versus perfection. You'll have such a better time if you do that. <laughs> Absolutely, and I'm not sure. I have to uh, check, double check. I think that uh, Lisa's contact information somehow still did not show up on the show page. I will make sure that it's there so that you can um, find all of our contact and bio information in the uh, show description on the show page uh, for today. So um, we have some upcoming shows on this, the Life Coach Radio Network, on December 27th at 8 p.m., um, Allison Prophet and Bob Harrell discuss mining talents, creating opportunities. And January 11th at 12 p.m., in depth with Jan Jaffe, Maria Bogdanos, emotional health coach and author. On January 24th at 8 p.m., Gremlin Energy, what it is and how to tame it. On January 25th at 12 p.m., the next episode of Think Tank. And on our sister network, the Life Coach Chat Channel, on December 22nd at 1 p.m., unwrapping the holiday gift of self-care. On December 29th at 1 p.m., Gina Sanisard and Danica Trebell discuss Christmas blues. On January 9th at 9 p.m., Gina Sanisard and, and uh, Dr. Nikki Tobias discuss sticking to your goals. So huge thanks again to my two wonderful co-hosts, Sharissa Sebastian, and today's amazing guest co-host, Lisa Kaplan, who I am so 
delighted to have had on the show today, and I hope she joins us again. I'm so happy to have both of you today joining me today and making this show a very, very special one. Thanks for listening. Goodbye, and have a happy, happy holiday. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.